five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Great Brian Setzer. Let me get my uh, mic here. Give me one second. I was uh, gently reminded that my mic wasn't really up to par yesterday. And, you know, anytime you switch computers, the whole system thing is it's a pain in the ass, right? It's just, I mean, you can do things where you can upload them to the cloud, like programs or whatever. You can do that and then reintegrate them. I, I, I didn't really do that because I wanted to kind of start from blank and figure out what I wanted to keep on this computer, this new computer. I didn't want to really clutter it up with a, with a bunch of stuff from my old computer, which doesn't even want to power up anymore. Anyway, so again, you know, when I, when I do the all the protocols for the show. I've got, I got to redo shit. I don't have any images. All the images that I can use for my backdrop are on my other computer. So we're going to get it together and uh, we'll have a much more timely launch time. I promise you. So thank you for your patience as we sort shit out with Uranus in my sixth house, which has not been, it's not been fun. I have to say, I mean, part of it's been kind of interesting, but it always feels like something goes wrong technically, or like, for instance, you know, I got this car and um, it's a 2006 Lexus and yes, I got a hybrid. And not because I'm a bleeding green heart, uh, but because I was paying a shit ton of money for gas and I decided to uh, save money, right? So, well, let me get, let me get something that's like a kind of a crossover SUV. And um, I actually think the regular LX350 probably gets better mileage than my hybrid. That's my sense, but I like it. It's quiet. Anyway, it, because it's a 2006, the stereo and the radio is not wired up for Bluetooth. I mean, so we, we get, we get sucked in to convenience, right? We get sucked into convenience and, you know, I get sucked into the whole Bluetooth thing and talking, you know, on my phone through, the Bluetooth in the radio in the car. And so this doesn't have it. So I went online and I bought a Bluetooth kit that theoretically you can insert it into, uh, it's not that big, 
but you can insert it into the radio because there's a, a port in the radio for it. And so I get it. I take it down to the guy who can actually pull it apart and stick it in there. He says, well, gee, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. This is, this is pretty old. Oh, look, this is a plug for uh, an iPod. I'm like, this is how Uranus and Taurus has been in my sixth house. So I'm not really complaining because complaining doesn't really change a lot. It's just a notice. Anyway, welcome to the show. Um, we have a lot of ground to cover today. At the top of the hour, we're going to be joined by your friend and mine, Shadow, a.k.a. Benito. And we're going to get an update on the strike situation because there's a few things that I wanted to ask him uh, about. So... Lyle Coyotal, who I hope is here today in chat, um, brought up some other information that he has that is related to people he knows inside the railway, in, rail, railroad industry, which doesn't really, um, it, it sort of counters the public narrative about sick days and things like that. So I, wanna, I wanted to bring Benito on because he knows guys that are still at the yard and stays pretty close to this. And not only that, but he was very, very clever when he was working for the railroad. He did a lot of, let's call it research, on the financials and things that go on behind the scenes with the railroads. So we're going to bring him on at 10, 10 a.m. and talk about that. But before I do, you know what I got to do. I got to talk about our sponsor, which is the great, the absolutely great uh, THS, True Hem Science. Let me get to the... Uh, let me get to the page here. Everything is fucking bass backwards. Brian Setzer, hell of a guitar player. That was from the movie uh, Jingle All the Way, which I believe starred Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. What the hell is this? Oh, man. What does this look like on the site? Give me a second here. Uh, hold on. It's just more. All right. We're good. We're good. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. See, it didn't look really good on, on the back end. God, you got it just I gotta love. Gotta love the chaos. Embrace the chaos. This is where we are or the chaos will embrace you. Okay, so let's get into a little uh, True Hemp Science. You know, this is a sponsor of the show, and I love talking about Chris's products. And um, there is a, a, a new product he's got out, which I have been, I've been taking here. So let me, let's, let's pull up the visuals. Where is it? Uh, the the 19 is really, really good. CBDA oil, this is this is kind of moon dusty. Uh, eight drops, and you are good to go. It's a full spectrum here. Let's just bring this up here. Let's give the uh, true science CBD oil has gotten an upgrade now with stronger strength 
relaxing yet energizing with a smooth taste. This is one of the things I love about what Chris has done. When I first started to use his product, um, I'll, let it, I'll do the cookies. When I, when I first started to use the product, it was some of the, some of it was so intense and so grassy. Like you could, it was almost like, you know, the, the pulp of the leaves was inside of the tincture. And while it was very effective, it didn't really go down all that well. Well, he's refined the whole process now. So when, whenever you use the oils, um, they're actually pretty flavorful. I mean, and this is no knock on Chris because we all evolve with what we do. And uh, when he when he started literally refine, and I mean this, refine the oils and get them to a point where, you know, it didn't taste like you were eating a plant, right? It was like, oh, wow, he's gone to a whole new level. So let's take a look at 19. So True M Science CBD oil has gotten an upgrade now with stronger strength, relaxing yet energizing with a smooth taste, great for day use. Potential benefits include increased focus, anti-inflammatory, increased serotonin levels, happy. Number 19 is a biodynamic organic CBD crafted with CBDA, almost an entirely raw product with all the acid compounds being intact, made with organic MCT coconut oil as a base and added terpenes for flavor and effectiveness. So if you like your CBD on the uh, strong side, and you want to have something that works on your inflammation and gives you a little bit of a lift. Number 19 is an oil that you want to think about. Um, they've got five customer reviews. Looks like five stars all the way across. I, I would, I, I would, uh, I would think that that would be the case here. So here's what you do. If you're listening on the podcast side of things, and I do hope you are, all you got to do is go to uh, truehemscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23. And what you'll do is um, you'll come to his page there and you can shop through all of his products. And when you spend $100 or more, he'll throw you some free products. So if you got the CBD 19, like you're, <laughs> you're almost there, right? But that bottle is going to last you a while because all you need is eight drops and um, it's recommended that you don't take it after 12 noon because that's the level of um, energy that you're going to get or, or at least uh, stimulation that you're going to get from the product. So anyway, you go to truemscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23 and type in 15MINS. It's 15MINS when you check out. And Chris will throw you some free product. If you're going to get that, you may as well see if you can get some gummies, get it up over $100. You'll probably get the free shipping at the same time. And by the way, I do want to say that um, True Hemp Science and CBD oil make great gifts. So if you wanted to put together like a gift package for somebody for Christmas, I'm sure you could call Chris. You say, yeah, we'll help you out. We'll put together something within your budget and then you you could you could give that to whoever is on your christmas list okay there you go and i'll be talking about uh the number 19 
for the next week or so, just so, cause it's a new product and um, I'll even, I'll even show it to you. I'll even demonstrate taking 19. How about that? I'll do a live demonstration right here on the show. Okay. Well, why don't we uh, check in with uh, Chatar? We've got a lot to cover today. A lot to cover. Looking forward to Benito joining us and giving us the uh, lowdown here on the rail strike. All right. Who do we have? There is Michael. Good morning, Michael. TJ, what's going on, Tomas? And then there's Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Good morning. The beautiful Wendy says. Wendy, I promise I will call you today. This is a busy week in terms of readings because I'm, I'm trying to take most of next week off. I'll, I'll probably do the show, but in terms of readings, I just, I don't, I'm kind of, I'm starting to shut down um, for the holidays. And uh, my mother is coming in the week after. So, you know, kind of going into holiday mode a bit here. That doesn't mean you can't purchase a reading. We just have to schedule you. Uh, after the first year. So this week is wall to wall as I try to clear the decks a little bit. Uh, but Wendy, I will call you today. There she is, the classy one. Sony, Double B, Beth Berry in the house. Maurice, 100, representing what's going on. Good morning, Maurice. SP Dimples is back. We love seeing SP Dimples. There she is. Fantastic. Hi, CC Jones. Good to see you, Fran. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, who else do we have? Hi, listening but driving. <laughs> My entry name. This is oh, hi, Elizabeth. <laughs> hi, listening but driving. That's a good one. I love that as a as a Cappy Carey. What's happening, Cappy Carey? Good to see you. Good morning. There's Hucklebuck four eleven. There's my man Thor at the door. Steve, I got to reach out to you, man. I got a lot of connections. I got to make here. Uh, thankfully, he's watching Jay Widener's latest. I love him. Good. Jay needs all the love he can get. Let's see. Who else do we have? Uh, Catherine Kramer, double K. I was thinking about you this morning. There you are. That's how it works. Low key, low key. What's happening, Loki, Loki? Who else do we have? Jingle bells. Brian, Brian, uh, Brian Setzer can play the shit out of a guitar. Garden girl. 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 Maybe talking about people leaving hit me yesterday. I don't always log in or say much, but Robert in this chat are appreciative. Oh. Thank you, maybe. I, you know, I didn't really do that for that kind of response. But, you know, when you get used to people being around and they, and I'm used to it. Like, I've been doing this now since 2010, 12 years. And I've had different incarnations of, like, people that have been a part of the experience along the way. Ryan has been here since the beginning. Ryan and Carol have been here since the beginning. You don't see Carol in chat, but they've been here since the beginning. Uh, so it's, it's, I'm kind of used to it. Like I'm kind of used to people getting off the train, but still it's kind of unnerving at times. Like, whatever happened to that person? Where did they go? What did I do? 
what did I do? And I'm like, okay, I can't be responsible for that because new people come on board and that's how this thing works. Um, but to quote Kanye West, I love everybody. Uh, Miss Nakia, what's going on, Miss Nakia? Kelly B, just in time for the song of the day, Chris, Christmas Zoot Suits. I think uh, Brian Setzer had at least two suit changes in that video. I love that video. You see the giant Christmas ball that was dancing? Uh, let's see. I hate Christmas music, but it looks like Robert can pick some good one. When you're my age. You've heard it too many times. Yeah, Brian Setzer is a badass. Of course, you know Brian Setzer from the Stray Cats. Of course. Yeah, we got a lot of really cool Christmas music lined up here. It sounds better. To, yeah, you know, Fran, thank you. Um, it was, again, it's all settings. It's all settings. That guy looks like Mel Torme. You know what they share in common? A recessive chin. Brian Setzer was in a punk rock group prior to the Stray Cats. And they were sort of connected to the no wave scene in New York City. And it was called the Bloodless Pharaohs. Let's see who else do we have. I think Robin would uh, appreciate Brian. So JJ in the house. What's going on, JJ? JJ. Uh, should we do a little, little uh, JJ promotion here since she's here today? Why not? Let me go over to Twitter because I know I can find her on Twitter. Let's see. Tweeter. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Did you guys hear about Ted Cruz's daughter trying to offer off herself? Uh, apparently, she's come out as like trans. And old Ted didn't like it. They got a little, they got a little friction in the Cruz family. So being the being dramatic, she decided that she wanted to kill herself. It's in the headlines. Of course, everybody jumps on it and says, Oh, he's a piece of shit. No wonder. He should be he should be she should be taken away from him. Let's do a little uh Rain, the Blanc Love. So if you're looking for a mighty fine ring, look at those rings. If you're looking for a mighty fine ring, big and small. I got one right here, by the way. Check out our website, reindeblancbrand.com. Uh, All kinds of goodies. Look at this. Yowza, cosmic token and cufflinks. Uba magnetite ring. That looks like a power ring right there. I just see some kind of elemental ray shooting out of that ring. Ooh, look at that. A heart-shaped serif ring. This is dramatic jewelry right here. So if you want to, I think she had a, um, she had a Black Friday sale and she's busy as all heck. But if you are looking for some fine jewelry, check out our girl, JJ, who's becoming like an internet star. She's all over the place now. She's not the queen of Wu yet. We'll call her the princess of Wu. She's the princess of Wu. She gets to work up to a queendom and queendom status.
Uh, who was Tamara Scrubbies? What's happening, Tamara? Good to see you. What's happening? Uh, let's see. A uh, glimpse of Uranus in the seventh house. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, verdict, nicotine gum for tinnitus, day 2.5, still ringing. I can tell you it makes no effect. It has no impact. Not that I chewed nicotine gum to cure my tinnitus, but I've chewed some nicotine gum. Uh, not interested in being anyone's proctologist except my own. That didn't sound right at all. Well, you brought up Uranus. Okay, who else do we have? Anybody new? Rocky's here. Hi, Rocky. Todor! Lisa W. What's happened, Lisa W.? Uh, holidays, yes. I'm going to bring up my holiday specials on the Sunday night show. I'm going to have literally a 48-hour sale on readings and then i'm going to have a sale on the course the course sale will last longer 48 hour flash sale on readings starting sunday night i gotta link all that up let's see what jmp love what's happening jacqueline use a 13 <laughs> i am not a number i am a man Patrick McGowan. Little rocking on the cruise ship. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So VIP 20, you go to JJ's website. Should I bring that back up again? RainDeBlancBrand.com. Put in VIP 20. Looks like you're going to get 20% off any of her fine. Any of her fine-ass jewelry? Yeah, 20% off. Hot damn. JJ is a rock star. That sounds like a punk rock song. Or JJ's a punk rocker. Zodiac Cruise strikes again. <laughs> That's funny, Tondar. Okay, I think we're I think we're uh, all caught up. Of course, JJ. Us Virgos, we gotta stick together. We got to support one another. Hey, let's talk a little bit about Trump. We got uh, 15 minutes here before we bring our good friend Benito on the show. Trump, so in, in places that are war-torn, they have this disgusting um practice called using human shields and human shields are exactly what they what it, what it says you literally put a human in front of you as a shield that will take bullets that's what a human shield is now you've all seen movies where somebody robs a bank they get a hostage, they keep the person in front of them. That's your visual of the human shield. It is not an uncommon practice in uh, countries that are war-torn. 
Trump has become the human shield for everything. Everything. If they've got a Sam Bankman-Fried story and FTX, what do they do? They crank up the Trumpaganda. They place them out there. Oh, look at what he said about the Constitution. Uh, don't mind Sam Bankman-Fried and all the bullshit that's going on with FTX. Don't mind the Hunter Biden laptop story. Don't mind the fact that Twitter actually gave people inside the White House .gov a delete button for certain posts. That means that they had turned Twitter over to whoever was in the White House. And if they didn't like a post, they could delete it. And so the algorithms would be pretty easy to set up. All they'd have to do would have, they'd have to have search parameters. And the search parameters would be anything that's related to January 6th, uh, Hunter Biden, uh, any, anything that anybody would, with a significant uh, following, that, and I don't make it come up. Like, so let's say you had, I don't know, over 3,000 followers. Maybe that's the threshold. And then they have all these parameters. Or let's say there, that there's something that's going viral. And so if there's a quote, unquote, influencers that are retweeting said viral post or um, vi viral information, again, that would come up in the algal. It would automatically populate a box that somebody inside the White House could look at and just go, eat, delete, eat, delete, eat, delete. This has come out. This is, this is the next wave of subterfuge. So, of course, when we have the FTX, and the FTX scandal is bad. It is so, so bad. Let's put Trump out there. Trump, Trump is the human shield. <clears throat> He's the walking, talking body bag. And so they're going to they're gonna use Trump for everything. Everything moving forward, even after Trump is gone, they'll still use Trump. They'll bring bring up his legacy. They'll find they'll find users that have been influenced by Trump, and they'll bring them up. This is it, so they have a uh, human shield, and they have a sacrificial goat for as long as they need it. So if things get hot, this is what's going to happen. Whatever, whatever, whether it's the war in Ukraine, whatever that is, it gets hot, that's what you got. You got Trump taking, take, taking the blows. And if he's gone, there's his kids, there's Donald Trump Jr. I mean, I've talked about the Trumps as being the modern-day Romanovs. And in a lot of ways, that's what they are. We have a Bolshevik revolution. We have, for all intents and purposes, kind of a, kind of a royal family. You know, Trump with his Leo rising and Mars on the ascendant. Well, just take them all out and fucking shoot them, right? 
Well, they can't really do that, but they can metaphorically do it. So what would they do without, without Trump in the fold, without this huge body bag or this huge human shield to take on whatever they want to cover up? Oh, got a scandal on the horizon? What's Trump up to? What did Trump say? Oh, yeah, let's bring up his taxes. This is, this is, he, he is the centerpiece now for distraction and disinformation and misinformation. And we looked at his tweet yesterday around the, the Constitution. He did not say, he did not say that we have to blow up the Constitution in order for him to get reelected or be placed into office. He didn't say that. But that's how the media can interpret it. And you have all these people who've been trained like circus monkeys to, 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 to jump and uh, uh, clap and, and hiss and howl. Whenever, 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 the, you know, whenever the cue comes on, here you go, here you go. And then they all lose their fucking minds. You know what I've enjoyed watching? I've enjoyed watching people leave Twitter. And some of them have really left. Jim Carrey left Twitter. Oh, poor Jim Carrey. Poor Jim Carrey. He left Twitter. Uh, who else left? Jack White left Twitter. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Like Jack White has anything relevant to say. You ever take a look at Jack White has one of those faces. You just want to punch. He's got a, He's got that kind of punchable face i've never liked him and i know a lot of people think he's a great guitar player and, you know seven nation army is a really you know intense intense song anthemic i still don't like him. i saw the white stripes him and his sister i you know in a lot of ways it's i think it's a great musical scam I'm, is that even really his sister there, like, there, there was a lot of controversy around her, like as a drummer and as a, it's like, here, let's make these records. It's just me and you. We don't have to pay a band. We would make a shit ton of money. Just me and you. It's, it's a, it's a good business model. It's kind of the, the uh, electronic DJ business model, but you look at Brian Setzer, that's his orchestra. Like he tours with that orchestra. So he has a lot of mouths to feed when it comes to his band. Jack and Meg, not so much. So they're going to continue to just roll out Trump whenever anything gets hot. But the Hunter Biden laptop piece and whatever, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Elon Musk at all. I think he's another turtle on the fence post guy. He's the next generation Bill Gates. That's what he's Bill Gates. It will age out. He doesn't appeal to millennials. He doesn't appeal to Gen Zers. So they need somebody to take on this role of being the, you know, the, the King geek. So that's Elon Musk. He's been anointed the King geek. And um, I'm not a fan. I mean, his track record is not great. Um, 
who is it? It was own Benjamin was talking about how Elon Musk might be the illegitimate son of Mao. I mean, I've always contended that Elon Musk looks Asian. He's always had that Asiatic look about him. And neither of his parents look Asiatic. He does. So that's another tell in a lot of ways, because he's got this hybrid look which, you know, is kind of this interesting, it's not interesting, I don't think it's interesting, but this Eurasian bridge. You know, when he was on the, the boat, I gotta, I'm going to bring this up here. Um, let's see. You guys know this image, right? It's funny how they've kind of blotted out the other person. But uh, I found this out thanks to Ye. Because he actually, um, here, let's bring this up. Sunning at his own risk on yacht vacay, he's got the weirdest fucking body. He's the Pillsbury Doughboy. He's drinking a cocktail because he's got all that money and all that clout. He gets to hang out. Looks like Kim Kardashian, although the butt's not big enough. So this is Ari Emanuel right here. Spraying down Elon before Elon takes a dip. So Ari Emanuel, one of the biggest agents in Hollywood and somebody who Ye has called out consistently. And this, I think this was his last tweet that, uh, that he put up on Twitter. And he called Elon Musk a hybrid. <laughs> you know, I, Ye is like soaking up. He's like a, he's like a, He's like a sponge. He's just soaking up all the best conspiracy theories right now. He's he has become uh, he's become the madman in the town square. You know, you gotta love that shit. <laughs> oh, so that is that Ari's wife? That's that's Ari Emanuel's wife. What's her name? Sarah Stottinger. Let's see. So they're basic. They're basically TMZ is is uh, dissing him because. Here I'll show you. Elon posted this about Bill Gates. Of course, there's there there's a number of people who think that Bill Gates has gone from he to she. I mean, clearly he's got the man boobs. Oh my God, he's 
He's a mess. Who knows if that's even the real Bill Gates anymore? Reality is weird, right? So-called reality, it's weird. Put up this tweet yesterday on Twitter. It was interesting to see how it was taken. And I got eight retweets, 45 likes, which is for me, the 45 likes is a pretty high number, but it was, it was interesting to see how it was received. So I said, if you're in a relationship and you always threaten to actually bring up a past event in said relationship that was traumatizing or hurtful, how healthy is that relationship? You don't move on or heal. That's what happens when historical trauma is dredged up from our past. And so what I was talking about was um, how these things that have happened in the past, whether it's the Holocaust, whether it's slavery, um, whether it's uh, colonialism or colonization or toxic masculinity or um, women being you know, hypergamous and then creating a bunch of incels, right? Anytime you bring stuff like that up, you don't heal it. You just reopen the wound again and again and again. And that's abusive. That That's an abusive tactic. And it's used on all of us. So that these events, which need to be healed and talked about, are reanimated they're what they are they're they're like zombie events but they just it's like it's like the night of the living dead for things that have happened and i put that post up it's a little cryptic but if you look at it you'll understand what i'm talking about it's amazing how many people particularly women again no knock on women here but women related that back to relationships a couple men did too by the way not just women but a lot of women related that to relationships. Of course they would. And in one case, I think I kind of clarified it. And the rest, I'm like, you know, I've already kind of clarified it. So, you know, go ahead and uh, get what you want out of the post or the tweet. And it's, it, I think it's, it speaks in a lot of ways to the difference between men and women. And that women are much more relational. They're much more connected to relationship. Whereas men are more connected in some ways to, I, and I want to really generalize because you'll find examples that differ from the generalization, but I, but I have found this to be mostly true, that men will talk about ideas and they'll talk about concepts and they'll talk about um, kind of big picture stuff and women will gravitate towards talking about interpersonal connections and interpersonal relationships and, and stories with other people, right? That's, that's my general experience. And it's not a Loctite um, statement because you'll always find people that break off from, you know, the, the, the norm or, or the, or whatever the, that narrative is. So I don't want it to be, kind of putting this into a cliche box, but my experience is that that's mostly true. And that tweet actually proved that out 
and have women just personalize that and really turn it into almost like a, a soapbox for talking about relationships. And you know, it's like, okay, well, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. It's a Rorschach if that's how the tweet hits you. All right, um, let's bring the man on. So we're talking Mr. Mr. Benito Diaz, a.k.a. Shadow. And let's get a quick update on the rail strike because that is his, uh, that's his world. That's his domain. Well, it was. He still stays in touch with the guys. What's going on, Benito? How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for being here. You bet. So um, what's the latest? What are you hearing? Uh, looks like they, for lack of a better term, railroaded the unions here. Yes, they and, did. And they said, this is what you're going to get. Um, what, 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 first of all, why don't you go ahead and see if you can kind of give people an overview of what that is. And then what's some of the feedback you're getting from the guys that you know, and, and, you know, where you think this might be headed. So they passed the bill HJ res 100. They did that on December 1st on Thursday in the Senate signed by the president on Friday. They had three votes. They did the first vote to an extend the cooling off period. They tried to delay this thing another 60 days, right? And that failed 25 to 70 in the Senate. They tried to do a second vote to actually give the railroad workers seven days of sick pay in addition to the contract. That failed 52 to 43. Now, even though it passed by the majority, they needed a supermajority of 60 votes to actually get it, get it into the contract. So when that failed, they went to the, the new vote to force the current one, and it passed overwhelmingly 80 to 15, and then obviously signed. So, okay, so let's break this down. So they had a vote that was going to bake in seven days of sick leave. Were there, were there any other um, upgrades to the current contract? Negative. Not, not with that vote not with that bill just the seven days that we're going to add that in addition to the current contract and then they've they voted that down yes they had the popular vote but for some reason they said they needed something called a super majority vote of 60 votes or more to actually add it so when 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 has when have they ever needed a super majority right it's kind of like they're making this shit up as they go <laughs> right all right, so is this binding now? Is this a, a binding vote and agreement? And where, where do the unions go after this? So it is a binding agreement. It was forced on them on the 1st, right? So now the December 9th, which would have been this Friday, that's blown out of the water. Mm -hmm. It is now illegal to strike. So if any union decides to set up a picket line, they'll take you to jail. They do start with the top, but they take you too if you decide to do it. Uh, where the unions go, so there's something called Rail Workers United, and they're trying to see if they can get all of the unions instead of the 12 that they have into one. So they're trying to see if they can get all the railroad workers to unite under one banner so they would have more union power, so to speak. But with, with this, you got the Railway Labor Act, you know, back in the 20s and 30s. And that allows Congress to do what they just did last week. 
So no matter what, even Railroad Workers United or any union they set up, it still falls on Congress. They can still force you to go to work. There, it This just kind of showed over time, like they've done this before. Last time they did it, I believe, was in the 90s. Well, they did it. They did it with the air traffic controllers. That's right. Reagan did it, too. Right. He, and he they, fired them. He fired them all. Right. Because they ignored his order. Because, right, right. They said that he was supposed to you got to go back to work. And they all said no. And they fired, what, 11,000 people or over that? Yeah, it's crazy. So and they're barred for life. They can't go back to that job. The same I, thing. I, I knew some I knew somebody who was an air traffic controller and, at that time. Um, and it completely screwed his life up. And they did the same thing back in the 1920s. So that great railroad strike in 1922, they barred all the railroad workers who did strike or did do something to the railroads. They barred them for life under President Harding. So where the unions go. So I'll give you an example. They've got. There's a rally being done by the smart TD, which is one of the unions that said no to this contract. They're the Brotherhood of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail and Transportation Workers, and they're under the Transportation Division. So on December 13th, right, they're organizing a rally so they can show uh, solidarity. Right. And what what good will that do? No, not much. It's more more for morale, probably, if anything. so Lyle, who normally is in chat, I didn't see him in chat today. He and I were batting this thing back and forth on Twitter yesterday. And I wanted to, uh, and I'm sorry, I didn't, I'm just kind of laying this on you in real time. Um, but he's, he knows somebody that's also kind of an insider and he shared some, some stuff here. And I wanted your take. Um, this is, uh, he's he's uh, Lyle's in the blue. So to be clear, there's no chance of a rail strike until 2024. And his guy says, not that straightforward. The next round of talks will begin in 2024. This one dragged on extra long due to COVID and their inability to meet face-to-face, which you actually talked about the last time you were on the show. Yes. If all shit hits the fan on the next round, there could be, a, could be strike threats in 2025, 2026. Does that line up with your timeline? Yes, because when the, when the contract ends, and it ends in 24, that's why he's saying it won't take until 25 or 26, the, the unions work without a contract for years. And that was even when I got in, and it was before I got in, right? Because when I hired in in 2010, I was already working under a contract. Their contract expired in 08, and they threatened to strike in 11. And they got all the way to you know five minutes till midnight, and then they just passed and everything was good. So what your guys talking about is this current contract that they just forced on everyone. They have until 2024, then it's over. Then they're going to wait. They have to, you know, the cooling off period, right? No, why they yeah, call it that. Yeah. Okay. So they're going to come to the table, get pissed off at each other. And then they're going to have a 90 day cooling off period that will chain for years. And then right. the unions will get pissed off and finally say, well, we're tired of it. We're tired of this, you know, going back and forth. Now we're going to threaten to strike. So yes, 25, 26, that's about accurate. And I would probably say closer to 26, to be honest with you. Unless if you say, you know, or as you had asked what union power will do, maybe, maybe 25. Maybe they don't go for years this time. Maybe they just take one year and that's it. Right. So one of the things that we talked about and one of the things that came up with with Biden 
is uh, sick days. And, and according to what uh, we've talked about, that there, there is no paid sick, sick days. Um, and, and again, I don't mean to just drop this on you, but I, but I wanted your, uh, your, your, your insight and take on this because Lyle sent this to me. So it's overview of freight rail employee time off policies. Railroad employees receive substantial paid time off each year, as well as generous paid sick leave for longer term illnesses, excluding time off covered by sickness benefits. The average employee receives 25 to 29 days of paid time off, depending upon craft, with the most senior employees receiving 37 to 39 days of paid time off. Sickness benefits offer different between crafts. I'm, I'm assuming whatever your job you're doing. Yes. Some unions have negotiated for paid sick leave instead of supplemental sickness benefits, while others repeatedly prioritize generous long-term sickness benefits paid by railroads over payment by short-term absences, total compensation, including sick leave benefits, best-in-class healthcare and competitive wages negotiated over decades of collective bargaining position rail workers in the top 10% of U.S. industries. Are you familiar with this document at all? No, I've never seen it. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, no, it's all good. spring it on you like this, but you're pretty good at picking up stuff pretty quickly. Can you, can you see this? It says uh, paid vacation, average 15 days, max 25 days. Operating craft, looks like uh, read jobs, yard jobs, craft jobs. Looks like pretty much the same. Paid personal leave up to four personal leave days, depending on seniority, includes new day under TAI, up to 12 personal leave days, depending on seniority, includes new day under, I guess that's some sort of bargaining thing. Yeah, it's a tentative agreement, TA. Um, paid holidays, 11 paid holidays. Uh, NA receive uh, more paid personal days in lieu of holidays. So that's the operate the craft operators. Um, I guess these are the people on the train and these are the, I guess, the yard jobs. Uh, sick leave, let's get into this. Employees can mark off or temporarily remove themselves from the list of available employees at any time for illness if they maintain reasonable overall availability. Employees are eligible for leave under FMLA, no attendance policy implications. TCU and ATDA negotiated for paid sick leave which varies by craft, carrier, and seniority instead of supplemental sickness benefits. And then over here, it's, employees, it's pretty much the same. Operating craft receive time off for three scheduled medical visits under the new TAI. So what do you make of this? Is, is this verbiage um, kind of like a bait and switch with paid days off, or is this different than what the unions are asking for it's familiar but there there's discrepancy so the average employee receives 25 to 29 days off if you put in years of service right i believe i texted you something where for example i was in the mechanical department i didn't act i didn't i wasn't under transportation but we talked with transportation we talked with everybody right because it's a mm -hmm. whole big deal but for example, with the days off, you have to put in years of service. So you get zero days off. You don't get sick pay or you don't get sick days. You don't get personal days. You don't get vacation the first year you're there. Okay. Then, right. Then the first year you get five days and that's it. No sick days, no personal days. You get five days. Then the second year you get 10 days, eight years, 
you get 15 days and one personal day and no it is not a sick day personal day is not a sick day right and it goes all the way up 16 years you get four weeks 25 years you get five weeks and that's it this 37 to 39 days of paid time off that sounds like management to be honest with you interesting but with the because it said average 15 days negative unless you put in time so you don't even get anything when you start now yeah. or the the personal days you get a max of three now with this contract they just forced on everybody they gave the railroaders one more personal day but we used to have two right but you had to put in years you had to get eight years in just to get one then you had to get 16 in just to get two so that doesn't like whoever put this out I don't I don't agree with it because they're they're misleading and the paid holidays. Yeah, they're paid, but you're probably working them because the way the holiday system works is when in unless your days off fall on the holiday, you're working it. It is paid. So like if you have uh, if Christmas fell on, or let's like right now, Saturday and Sunday, right? Christmas yeah. Eve, and mm -hmm. Christmas Day. If you had high enough seniority, which usually takes 25 or 30 years or more to have in the railroad, if you have that much seniority and you have Sunday, Saturday, Sunday off, you'll get that time off paid. Right. But you don't get it after that. You're working it. Right. Right. So you, you miss. So the marking up part where it talks about sick leave. So I can talk twice about this. The marking up for transportation is they have a board that they would sign their name on to go ride a train or do a job. Either it's a yard job or something you go cross country with. So the marking up means that you're trying to acquire a job anywhere, right? And it's all based on seniority. If you have seniority and you mark up, odds are you can get a job that you want. If you have little to no seniority, you can mark up all day long. And if other guys that have more seniority than you get it, you don't get to work. So the marking off means you just don't put your name on the board. Right. But you're missing pay every time you're marking off. You're not getting anything. Now they talk about FMLA. That's what they're talking about when they say railroaders have ample amount of sick benefits, right? Not sick pay, sick benefits, because you can use the Family Medical Leave Act. And I believe you get 12 weeks off. You have to work 10 weeks in a year to qualify for the thing. So even your first year there, for example, you don't get any of it. But your second year, you'll qualify for 12 weeks of unpaid medical leave under FMLA, but you don't get paid anything. You right. never do. And so the marking up, I wanted to make mention of this. Right now, there is, there's guys telling me, and it's also on the net, they're talking about 30 days. So when they have to schedule this medical thing that they talk about here, the operating craft received time off for mm -hmm. free scheduled medical visits under the new tentative agreement, they have to schedule that 30 days in advance just to do that. And they're still missing pay. You don't get paid. You get it excused. And you can only do it between Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of the week. Wow. Because Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday is considered heavy times or heavy load times during the railroad operations. And they can't afford to miss anyone during that time. So you have three days you can schedule this and you still don't get paid. Okay. Great. I'm glad that you could clarify that because um, this is something that we've talked about on the show. And this document was sent to me 
like, well, let's get into it. Let's try to untangle this thing. Um, looks like it's been, it was put together by the Association of American Railroads. Do you know anything about them? Yeah, that's uh, definitely a carrier organization, meaning the railroads like BNSF, Union Pacific, CSX, and Norfolk Southern, they all have- So a, this, this, is, this is their- Yes, that's why it's misleading, 100%. So this is management, really. Yes, what we're absolutely. Talking about. Mm-hmm. Always moving for all of us. Here's their website. Looks like, looks like it's a portal or something. That's interesting for their logo. Like that's, that's like a portal. <laughs> right um so this this is really put out by management that that document yeah the carriers have a big stake in this organization right so that's okay. why it's misleading so yes some of it is true but they're not telling you they're omitting parts of the truth that mean a lot right so you stay in touch with some of the guys at the yard what's what's the what's the vibe what are they feeling so where I used to work, they've told me there there's a hiring freeze now. They're afraid that it's possible they're going to probably start with furloughs or layoffs coming soon. Again, again, uh, morale is completely destroyed. Everyone feels like they're just you know ball and chain. They're not happy now. I will say that there's a lot of guys planning to take their back pay with this new agreement and quit, but that's only if they have low seniority. Guys that have 20 years or more or very more on the fence about quitting this job. But most of the people are claiming that if they got low seniority, 10 to 15 years, they're just going to take their money and run. Right. A lot of these guys now, the carriers or like that organization you just showed, they're they're saying railroaders are getting 16 to 18 grand of back pay, you know, and they're trying to throw it out there that, you know, they're getting paid handsomely. And sure, that's a lot of money. But they're only taking maybe $10,000 in cash. But this is because they haven't ratified anything since 2017. Mm -hmm. That's why the amount is so large, right? The back pay for all these years, they haven't negotiated anything. So a lot of people are saying they're going to take this 10 grand and quit, but they have to wait. And that's happening with the maintenance of way guys. And the maintenance of way guys are the track people. So they're the ones that fix the rails, put in the rails. You know, if something derails, they come pick it up and put it out. They're talking about a lot of these people are going to start quitting. And that probably won't happen until January or February, because now that they force the agreement on them, they have to get everything collected and then finally push it to the people. I'd be surprised if they get their back paid by the end of this month. But it's possible because railroads like to keep their books clean mm-hmm. for the whole for a calendar year. So right. maybe come January, we might start seeing even a more of a labor shortage. But, you know, I, I, I go back and forth with that because... You know, railroaders will say one thing and do another. That and the way the economy is, I don't know if they're really serious about that. Mm-hmm. So, but I would imagine there would be some people pissed off enough to just say, no, we're not doing it, especially with the conditions, the danger, like everything. No. Well, you and I have talked about this and it, and it feels like they're getting the squeeze and they're, they're being managed out. And uh, you and I talked about automation replacing a lot of the, the human service and human functionality with more automation, uh, more robotics, more AI. It feels like this is the squeeze, right? They're like, well, so what? At some point, you're going to be irrelevant anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That would be so like I had mentioned, I I have worked on the PTC system. It's positive train right. control, right? And that's kind of it's not robotic. It's just a back office mm-hmm. that they, it's a back office program they have at HQ. And all they do is, you know, they've got cellular signals and they've got an internet connection to every single locomotive out there. That's a road locomotive. Mm-hmm. They usually don't equip them to the yard units because they never leave the yard. But on the road units, you know, you've got redundant capabilities for locating it via cellular telephone. You've got redundant capabilities to locate it via an IP address. And they can remote control it, but to a degree, you know, they can't really turn the thing on. What they can do is, you know, you have two man crews now, you got an engineer and a conductor, they're trying to limit it to one now. So one guy will be in charge of a mile long train or longer, right? And that's a big deal among transportation is because they want to keep their jobs, right? Two man crews. Right. And they're trying to reduce it down to one. And the ultimate goal, it has been argued, is that to have no man crews. That's right. Yeah, that's that's what I think. And PTC would bring that in because PTC allows you to equip air. They tell you they can slow the locomotive down, right? They can stop it. Yeah. So things like that. Right. It's it's like it's like playing H and O trains at home like you're the switcher you're everything right you're you're controlling the train mm-hmm. essentially um so where are trains with electric power because you know we're they're they're so horny for getting rid of you know all of our oil and petroleum and coal and nobody really talks about trains in that regard i don't think they could actually have electric trains like that unless they they're hooked up they did, but but hooked up to lines, right? That actually power them on like a uh, the line itself is powered, and not massive batteries. But where where is the railway industry with this whole Green New Deal shit? I saw one of the carriers ordered twenty locomotives this year of their completely battery powered. So I've never worked on those engines. I don't know what that's like, but I can tell you on the current like the ones that I had worked on for you know, past six or seven years, those were, you have, you know, the alternator and you have an engine. And the only reason the engine is on a locomotive is so it can turn that alternator because the wheels, the traction motors of a locomotive are actually powered by that alternator. They're electrically powered. So the engine's actually not turning the wheels, so to speak. Right, 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 right. So, so with, you, the, with the batteries or with the batteries, you know, I, I would imagine it could be done. I just, I've never, I've never gone on the engine, so I don't know what it looks like, but that would be something interesting to see what, how they did that. They'd have to have like a whole different class of batteries. I think. But the, I don't know how successful it'll be is because these things are moving, right? You're moving yeah. tonnage and that's they, right. they hit really hard with, you know, just pulling the train, getting coupled into switching operations, et cetera. Right. You know, I don't know how well that's going to stand up to the test of time and the environment, you know. Right. Well, theoretically, this whole thing uh, revolves around population reduction. So if there's less population, that means there's less freight. And if there's less freight, that means that they're pulling less, which means that the cars, the, 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 uh, the battery power cars themselves probably get more distance, more charge, who knows, right? So, but I don't think it would be, 
the equivalent of these like mile long, you know, trains that they have with all these cars, that could be a lot less. So I think they're probably factoring that in. That's my sense. Because at some point, production and even distribution, it's our, we're already seeing a lot of it, will just, you know, grind down and there won't really be a need for new things, right? I mean, that's the whole, you know, green economy, WEF. It's like, no, you don't really need anything, right? You'll, you'll have nothing and you'll be happy. <laughs> so that would be reflective in, you know, moving things like, like freight. Why would you, why would you need all those things? If people are being limited with their uh, everyday options with what they can use or, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, all right. Um, anything else from the railroad railroad world that you want to share before we send you back off into your day? I guess I could say if you want to actually go to the railroad, they're giving you hiring bonuses now. They're giving you up to what twenty five thousand dollars? I thought they have a freeze on hiring though. Well, for everything but train crew. Train crew. Train crew would be right. The people to go cross country. So they're saying. Now, I saw this in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, in Washington State, Utah, Oregon, Wyoming, and Colorado. So there's a higher yeah. increase for mechanics and probably everything else. But for train crew, they absolutely need people to go and, you know, deliver things to their customers. And they're giving you these $10,000 and $25,000 bonuses. If you live wow. 300 miles away from the hiring location, they'll pay you ten grand, but you don't get the full amount until a year after that. And then if you live further than that, you can get 25 grand and the same thing applies. They, they'll they give you increments at 90 days, 100 days, 270 days, 365 days. Are those 40 hour a week gigs or more? No, they're more. With transportation, it's 12 on every day and you work five to six days a week. Wow. That's a lot. That's, that's what I mean. It's, it's, a, it's a different world. The guys I speak with are in the mechanical field. They're the mechanics, the electricians the craftsmen, like, you know, um, boilermakers or blacksmiths, stuff like that. But with this side, transportation side, the people, they basically just force this contract on. That's what they're giving out. So, you know, we'll force this contract on you. And by the way, we'll give, uh, since we don't have anybody, uh, we're going to give you handsome rewards, but you still have to be here quite a while, but you don't get anything other than that. Right. Well, you get a, you get an hourly wage, right? With transportation, yeah. You get paid per job. Per job. So, right. You're not making money until the wheels are rolling. Interesting. That was that markup and mark off on that uh, other document you showed up is if they mark off, you're not getting paid anything. And if you okay. have that low seniority bit, you're not, you're still not getting paid anything. Well, I guess if somebody's in need of a job and uh, doesn't mind working five to six days a week, 12 hours a day, there you go. That's They're right. hiring. They're hiring. Okay, Benito, uh, thanks for showing up, clarifying a few things. Always appreciate that. And uh, have a great day. We'll be in touch, okay? All right. Take it easy, Robert. All Thank right. you for having me. You bet. So that was Shadow, a.k.a. Mr. Benito Diaz, who is a good friend of the show. And um, always like getting, getting information from inside the source. The information helps us deal with speculation. So 
Thanks again, Benito. All right. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much I have to add today to today's show. I don't want to pad this out with a bunch of filler. Is there anything else I wanted to, I wanted to bring up today? I don't think so. What did we cover? We covered Ted Cruz's crazy tran crazy by daughter who uh, decided to kill herself. And let's see, Trump, who is the human shield for all things moving forward. Scandal, Trump. Newsleak, Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Just put him out there. Let him take the flak. Let him take the bullets. Meanwhile, we'll continue to run our dirty little programs. It's going to be interesting to see what happens around the Hunter Biden laptop deal. Matt Taibbi has uh, written a pretty significant piece. And now you have these uh, mainstream news outlets that are being forced to finally fucking acknowledge that this thing even exists. Like CBS wouldn't even acknowledge it. The other thing that's kind of at the root of all of this is how the New York Post's story was buried on Twitter. Whatever you think of Twitter, Twitter is the wire for breaking information. Uh, Twitter is the town square. And that's why people flock to Twitter, because you can get things on Twitter very quickly. Like they, they break faster on Twitter than they do in mainstream news. So when you have a story like that, that's being buried in the algorithms or somebody at the White House has a button to kill stories they don't like on Twitter, that's kind of a big deal. And that New York Post story that was on the, the Biden laptop, significant. It's a significant story. It had, it had everything that was relevant to that, that whole scandal. And they buried it. And who else finally recognized? I guess it was what, the Washington Post? About three weeks ago, they, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that's, kind of, that's pretty true. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that exists. And then they move on, right? So they probably have to. There's probably some esoteric agreement where they just can't keep it buried forever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for the share. Yeah, we... We just weren't aware of what was going on at the time. That's like Sam Bankman. Have you seen any of the interviews with Sam Bankman? They're fucking embarrassing. Like the guy is such a fucking weasel sociopath. He's a weasel sociopath. Um, uh, well, I wasn't, I was really sorry. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was really distracted. I was stretched too thin and I really didn't know what was going on. And um, yeah, um, I, I real feel really bad. And um, you know, if you just make FTX uh, legal again, I could probably solve it all by 
conning more people into investing in FTX and paying the other people off. And I know that that's a workable solution. That's what he sounds like. So apparently, um, Russ sent me a text yesterday on Twitter. Caroline Ellison, his uh, little meth-fueled uh, poly cosplay queen, is going to turn on him. She's apparently ready to turn on him because he keeps pointing the finger at Alameda. Oh, I, well, uh, I really wasn't aware of what was going on with it. Are you fucking kidding me? Their office is right down the hall and you're all rolling around with um, Adderall and meth fuel poly orgy parties. And you don't know what's going on. You've got to be kidding me. So he keeps pointing at Alameda. And she's like, okay, I'm going to turn on this shit. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to spill the beans, right? Because somebody's going to have to, it's either, it's one of the, they're both very connected. We know that. We know that. And when you listen to Bankman Free tell us fairy tales, it's just, it makes you want to reach through the screen and choke him. I think it was George Stephanopoulos that was asking him about um, the properties that were bought down there. And his parents own properties in the Bahamas. And he's like, uh, well, you know, we have to, um, you know, we had to have accommodations uh, for people that work here. Like, why don't you let them buy their own fucking place? Yeah. Because that's how it works in the real world. In most cases, you go to a place for a job. It's like, well, I got to get a place to live. Let me get an apartment, whatever. Yeah, and I know it's the Bahamas, but those guys were making very good money, trust me. But Sam Bankman-Fried is going to tell us that they needed the housing. And his parents bought, his parents bought homes, at least one, maybe more than one home there, using FTX money. It's such a scam. It's really basically a fiat money scam on steroids they made their own little token the ftt token and they made sure that the value of the token was high because they were buying their token right they would show these numbers oh look at all these tokens that were purchased well they're they're, they're buying them for next to nothing but they're showing up on the exchange at oh look FTTs at $20. And so they were leveraging tokens, funny money, something they created on a computer, which had absolutely no value at all. It was all perceived value and where it was going. And they leveraged those tokens to buy shit. Like half, I think it's half of the money they used to buy these properties were FTT tokens, which are fucking useless now. 
it's really just a Ponzi scheme. It's, it's the fiat money scheme on digital steroids. Anyway, Carolyn Ellison looks like she's going to turn on him. And he's doing all these interviews, which are really weird. And he's, he's trying to play the role of just a hapless, overstret, overstretched, overstressed guy who really just wanted to do good in the world. And he couldn't handle all the details that went along with that. Right, because he was too he was too busy doing good for all the uh, things that he thought were were beneficial, benevolent, and we know what uh, his version of good is. It's not that good, and they haven't even gotten to the whole bottom of the Ukraine situation with FTX. Huge, 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 huge way to launder money back and forth. You know, where did, where did the trillions of dollars go? Yeah. Zelensky. By the way, real quick on the Ukraine front, we have sent them so many armaments that aren't showing up. They're not being used. Gee, where are they going? They're getting sold on the fucking black market. The Ukrainians are selling shit that we've given to them and so that's depleted our own stockpiles this thing is just and nobody it's like there's no oversight at all with any of this and you know everybody is just running around like brain dead reanimated zombies who just buy into whatever the next thing is and there's, it, it's like the media has just completely created, you know, this Frankensteinian kind of um, world where they just throw up some, some stimulation and simulation and, and, you know, tell people to go here and that's where they go. And it's like, okay, well, this is what, this is what we have to get behind now. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And nobody's doing any real oversight with Ukraine. I think when Jupiter goes into Aries and we get up to like 15, ah, probably about 12, 12 Aries conjuncts Chiron. I think that's when the shit starts to hit the fan a little bit here on this stuff. And it's not that like the Republicans have any real interest in solving this either because they don't give a shit. They're making money off it as well. You know, their military industrial complex buddies are more than happy to compensate them. When I lived in San Diego, uh, our, our representative was this guy, uh, Randall Duke Cunningham. He was one of the quote unquote Vietnam war heroes. The guy was as dumb as a door. And, and I would actually send him emails and it had, it had to do with, uh, the Gulf war. I'm like, you can't support this. You just can't support this. This is just wanton, you know, rape, pillage, and plunder under the guise of protecting America. You can't do it. He actually responded to me a couple of times. And then he got in trouble. You know why? Because his wife ratted on him. His wife ratted on him. And he had, he was taking all of these bribes 
from his military industrial complex friends. And he had a whole list of shit that he had bought. He bought a fucking gold plated toilet seat to put on his boat that he had bought from the bribes that was uh, coming from uh, the, the bribes that were, that were coming to him from the, um, the Mick, right? This is what happens. He's in jail. You think he's the only person? No, not at all. He was the one that was the most egregious. And for some reason or whatever, he pissed off his wife and she ratted on him. <laughs> that's that's how, And now he's in jail, or at least he was in jail. I don't know if he's still in jail, but his political career is over. He should have listened to me. He should have listened to me and voted against the Iraq war. That's what happens. It's called the Phoenix effect. All right, I'm out of here. Um, thanks for being here. We'll be back tomorrow. And I'm not sure what we'll talk about, but there's always plenty to talk about. Thanks for being here. Thank you for Shadow uh, showing up, a.k.a. Benito Diaz, and um, giving us some insight into what's happening with the railroads and clarifying some of those positions. And thank you all for supporting the show, supporting uh, True Hemp Science. And I wish Jasper was here. Took the morning off. I bet he's on bed. All right. Love you all. Use your head in order to discern what's real. Your heart to say what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Take good care. We'll be back tomorrow with, guess what? More Christmas music. Bye for now. <laughs>